Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Showdog, Gola, and KG talking all things fantasy. It's Bad Dad Baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bad Dad Baseball. We are recording a day late. We had things that came up this weekend. Um, We weren't able to get together, but we're going to get it together next weekend. Um, We got a live wing review we're going to do. so a little bit different things get you know change up are coming our way but we're gonna we're gonna persevere we're gonna still hit it for a double smack it off the wall and things are gonna happen. Speaking of smacks, are we gonna talk about Will Smith? Was it real or was it fake? I'm saying real. I think it was real. I I also think it's real. I see a lot of people now coming out saying it's fake. I think it's real. I think he was pissed off. Um, not encouraged. But uh, is there is there a side you guys are? It's he, he's a bit he's a fucking bitch. Like the thing is, is he did it because it was Chris Rock. If that was like the Rock, there's not a single chance in fucking hell he's walking up on stage and slapping somebody who would pound him into the ground. So I think he is just I think he's just pissed off because his wife goes around and bangs a bunch of other dudes, and he doesn't like it, but he says he likes it, and so he's okay with it, but he's really not. So he's got a bunch of pent up aggression. So fuck Will Smith. The only thing good he ever did was like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and other than that, he sucks. I wonder if like he wasn't up for Best Actor, if they would have just actually, you know, escorted him out of the building. But I feel like they knew he was gonna win Best Actor, so they're like, "Well, we got to keep this guy around. It's gonna be kind of odd if he's gone." So uh, I don't it's know. funny because uh, I watched. I actually watch uh, King King Richard. Is that what it's? Yeah, I'm terrible at title yeah. names, but I watched this weekend, pretty good movie. And, you know, I always knew that the Williams sisters dad was fucking insane and different. Um, but I didn't know, like, the whole story of it and never got into tennis anyway. But I knew he was different. But one of, like, the key parts of of him was to never let other people beat you mentally. And that he didn't want his daughters to compete until they got to a certain age because of that. And then. And then he's there because of that, and he just does the complete opposite. Walks up to the stage and just smacks him, and uh, just the opposite of what the movie could wanted to to do. It it was funny too because if you watch the, you see some like other views of it, and like he laughs at the joke, and then like yeah. Jada like looks at him with this like side eye, and then he just like flips the switch like, oh shit, I gotta protect my wife here. And then he acts like like he starts screaming at him when he like gets back to his gets back to his seat. Like like I said, if that was The Rock or some other like bigger dude, he's not doing that because he's just yeah, no chance. He's lucky the guy you know, Chris Rock. I will say handled it as best mm-hmm. as you can. Yeah, he did. Um, like he he didn't even touch his face afterwards to like give himself a little you know. No. Little, but yeah, he handled I think it he well. Shocked, you know. I I. It, I love Will Smith, so I'm not gonna say I was Team Will because he, he you don't, you just don't do that, um, especially I, at your age. But um, or on that stage, you gotta be a role model for all these, you know, young I, black black kids, I, especially. Well, um, but no, I was gonna say, and I think that was the first ever produced Oscars. It was the first uh, Oscars produced by a black man um, in the history of the Oscars. So it was kind of a big deal for. Yep. For that, and then I, I think he just kind of put a like a you know a, 
a scar, black eye, a scar, yeah. or a black eye on the whole situation. And I used to like Will Smith. I just think that I don't know. Recently, him, this whole family's just fucking. They are Looney Tunes. I think. I mean, I'm all I'm all for like people like expressing themselves in different ways, and that's not what I'm talking about. I just think they're fucking whack jobs, um, especially him and his wife. But I don't watch a lot of those uh, award shows, so I'm not really sure. And I know they I know they crack jokes, but I don't know the type of jokes they crack. But I, do they usually attack people's like diseases and whatnot? I don't well, think. Okay. Do. Can I can I say so- let me say something here? Uh, okay, I, and I'm not trying to like. It, maybe it's a big deal to her, although I did see a video today of her coming out and saying, I don't care. People can say what they want about my hair. It doesn't fucking matter. If she was like a cancer patient and she was bald because she had cancer, I get it. Go off, King. Do what you got to do. She's got alopecia. Okay? She can't grow hair. She had hair for a long time. Now she can't. Like, it's not like he was, like, making fun of her. I don't I don't know. I just think it's uh, – I think it was fucking ridiculous what he did. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's – he went. He just overreacted. It wasn't the best joke, um, and I don't think that he actually meant to make fun of alopecia at all. I mean, he probably didn't know that she had it, but um, I get it. Will Will went off, and uh, that's not what you do. So it got I, some uh, good viewership though after the fact for the woo! Oscars. I didn't even know it was on last night, and then no I woke idea. up and it was everywhere. No so it's bad. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like some. It's I the think best I thing that's happened to watch the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, I think I'll tune in next year. <laughs> Bring them both on stage. Bring Kanye uh, there, too. Yeah, I did see Will just apologized on Instagram. I don't know if you guys saw it. I didn't oh, see no, that. I didn't. It was okay. It was ha- It was okay. It was just, uh, I wish he would have come out and, like, said what he wrote. Um, but he just wrote some words down. We don't have to get into him, but. Um, His publicist wrote some words down. And yeah, exactly. That's, that's why yeah. I hate it. Because, you know, I want something from the heart, especially from Will. Like, did you guys ever think that. Uh, a day after we have maybe like the bluest blood final four of all time, but we lead the show off with the fucking pop culture. Yeah, and you guys had no idea it was coming, so I no, kinda, I didn't, I didn't no, hit you good. with that one. Break right in there. How about those dookies, though? Yeah, let's get the, into the little March. The dream madness. story continues. I, I don't even know if you could write up a better story for Coach K's final year for Gola. I just don't think you could do it. Or nightmare. I think. Or nightmare. It's a nightmare for it. It's th- this Saturday night is the ultimate dream nightmare scenario for me. It's if Carolina happens to beat them, it's going to be pure elation. The best fucking thing of all time. They beat him at Cameron in his last game. They knock him out. They end his freaking career. He's dead. He's never coming back. It would be pure elation. However, if Duke wins, I see. I think if see, I guess if Duke wins, but then like turns around and then loses to Kansas and Braylon over in a championship, it is what it is. If they beat Carolina en route to a title, then it's just gonna be fucking. It's awful, and I would just gonna have to lip, hear people like gargling on Coach K's balls for the next fucking four months. <laughs> it's gonna make me want to puke. It's gonna be absolutely wonderful. Can I? Happens. I'm gonna go off. About, I'm gonna go off about this fucking moron again too. You know what? This this is what I drives me nuts about him, and he's like. He's always like, oh, this is about the kids. I don't want to make this about me. Then you know what, you fucking idiot? Then retire at the end of the season and don't tell anybody. Oh, I don't want this season to be about me. This is about the kids. Then play the season out. When the season's over, retire. Don't make it about your fucking self. And then he comes out and he's like, 
oh, do you know how tiring it is to be walking around everywhere and everybody wants to take a picture of you and wants to sign you, wants an autograph? Shut the fuck up. This is it's exactly not what like he's the first Please, one to do it. The- but my point is, is don't come out and say this isn't about me. I don't want this to be about me when you could have easily just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to fucking play the season out. However the year goes, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. Don't have this want this like press tour and then complain about all the attention you're getting. You thrive off of it. That's what you want. You asshole. Well, he fucking deserves it, my man. All right. No, he doesn't. 12 hundy wins, no, dude. 100 turny wins. If anyone deserves a retirement tour, it's, it's that man. No, I don't think there is a single human being that returns, uh, deserves a retirement tour. Albert Poole. Tom Brady didn't get one. Albert Poole's is going on one. Well, Tom Brady doesn't have any fucking idea when he wants to retire, so he can't have one. But Tom Tom Brady is better at his sport than Coach K is coaching basketball. Tom Brady is a new Brett Favre, but he's actually still good. That's the thing. So Poole's, Poole's is doing one. Yeah, what a, the, maybe the best player of our generation, dude. I don't know. Debatable. He he was before he went to St. Louis, but I just pool holes is I, not like a perfect example of somebody who's just like hanging on for too long. Hey, twenty-one okay. dingers oh, away. But, twenty-one dingers away. What I know, I hope he gets it. That that don't get me wrong, that'll be pretty freaking awesome. Oh, I hope. It's and I still think he actually. Like, oh, you're such I'm a, a dick. No, I hope it's six ninety-nine. Um, so, okay. Outside of me, like screaming and hollering about coach K, what are your actual thoughts about the games this weekend? I, I mean, this is the bias of me, but I feel like Duke is the best team right now. I just think that they're playing better than anyone. And I think the biggest reason for that is that when it gets to tournament time, the coaches, they thin out their bench. They don't play as many guys. They just stick with their best guys because they can do that. They can play. These guys can play 40 minutes a game. And I think Duke's top six, top seven are, are the best in the nation. I think there's no one more talented to them. And I just think that they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I think the spread opened up uh, like four, four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, four something like half, that. I think. Yeah. And I just... I see them beating them by more than that. I think they're going to cover that spread, and I just think they're dominating right now. What about the other game? I thought – so, no, I, I think that – I was going to say that Villanova I thought would be the best team, but when they lost their point guard um, – Yeah, Justin Moore. Yeah, that one's going to kill them. Um, yep. He handled the ball so much in that game against Houston, and he was pretty dominant. Uh, Glisby – didn't do anything. I mean, he was irrelevant until a couple of free throws at the end, but he dominated that game. He kept Villanova up in front the whole way. So Villanova to me is like a team that has five guys that can are versatile and they can just, you know, being able to stay around the three point line and all, every one of them can hit a three makes it different because all these teams have like a center that isn't used to guarding that. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be tricky for these teams, especially when they, when they see Villanova. But to me, the best team all around is Duke right now because of the injury. Um, so one thing I want to say about Villanova though, is that I think if any of these teams were to lose a, like a star player like that, the Villanova is the one team that can like weather that storm just because of the way they play. Like they slow the ball down. I think yeah. I saw that they were like 330th ranked for like most possessions yeah, for yeah. 40 minutes or something like that. And I, so I think the way they play, they can just slow it down. They can hit free throws and then they can still be in a game at the end. So I was going to ask you guys this. I mean, I think, and again, 
I'm never going to deny his ability to coach. I just think he's a fucking egotistical maniac. So if outside of Coach K, who's the best coach in the second best coach in college basketball? Because I have I have my opinion. I was going to ask you guys. Oh, this. Jay Wright. We it's got to be Jay Wright. Jay, Wright, Jay Wright's right? awesome. Yeah. I mean, Bill Self I, has I had say, some great Bill, players. In, in Bill Self's the best regular players. seasons coach has been, I feel like. Because well, I, I was going to Big the. Yeah, uh, big sucks. sucks. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of. Yeah. I'll just okay. I, so I was gonna. I, I mean, think, how many championships I mean, does Wright have? Two, I think. Two. Um, but I think I think Jay Wright might be. He can be considered the second best coach in college in general. Um, right after right after Coach K. Well, no, that's what I meant. I don't mean in the oh, tournament. Okay. I don't mean in the oh, final oh, four. Oh, I, I meant, I meant final four. Whole, no, 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 I think no, no, the whole. No, thing. I meant the whole thing. I meant the whole thing. I'm sorry, I didn't elaborate no, no. on that. No, I meant in all of college basketball. Um, yeah. So I, I was looking at it. Um, just, I mean, I, again, I don't probably watch a ton of college basketball this year because I will say my wife is not the biggest basketball fan unless it means anything. So if we're watching TV, I typically don't get to watch basketball if I want to. Um, but I think just like throughout the tournament, watching that, I think the two teams, uh, I just, I maybe it's like recency bias. But what fucking Kansas did to Miami in the second half yeah. on Sunday Ooh. was absurd. And I, I think from a pure like basketball standpoint, I think the the two the, the two teams that are left to have the highest gear to get to both on the offensive defense end of the floor is Duke and Kansas. And I think mm-hmm. that um and that and that's what my I'm gonna be realistic about this. I I think if Carolina has any shot of beating Duke, that game needs to be played in the se- upper 70s and 80s. Because I think Carolina can score with them. What I am concerned about is I just don't know if Carolina defensively can get a stop when they really need to. And I think if that game's if if Duke slows that game down and kind of plays it in a you know in a half court game, and that game's in the 60s, I don't know if Carolina's got a shot to hang with them. Um, but. As we can see on that last game in Cameron, that game was like 94 to fucking 83 or some shit. I think if Carolina, if they can get out in a, in a track meet with them, Carolina can score with them. Because I think they're getting really good guard play from Love and Davis. Manic is, stretches the floor, opens he, the floor. He's the key to me. Manic is the key. Yeah. Manic is the key. And, I, and the thing about Carolina is that they go like, you want to talk about thin benches. Jeez, they pretty much play oh. their five starters the whole mm-hmm. game. They had they, they they spell them. They don't. So if they get in any foul trouble or anything like that, they're screwed. Yeah, they had one guy coming off the bench last game. Uh, something Johnson. I'm looking at it right now. Eleven minutes. It's, the other no, guy's got one minute at the end of the game, but it, it's literally one guy come off the bench. Do you remember that Johnson kid that played for him a few years ago? I think he plays for the Suns now. Cam. Is it Cam, Cam Johnson? Cam Johnson. Yeah. I think that's his brother. I think oh. that kid at Carolina is his brother. Time out. Do you know his name? No. Puff Johnson. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> then they got Le- Leaky Black oh, and Puff Johnson, huh? That is a heck of a name, Puff Johnson. So, no, I, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good, uh, a good weekend of basketball, although – I can see it two ways because I'm. I actually go against you guys. I think Kansas is gonna fucking boat race Villanova. Mm. I think that game is gonna be over, and I think it's gonna be over quick. And as much as I hate late. to say it, I I think it may be. Uh, I can see it both ways. I think 
Yeah, I don't know. I see. I, I don't, I don't see them, but I just don't think Villanova is a team that can get boat race. I just don't think that. I don't know. I I don't think the way they the style of play they have is you can do that to them. That's the way I think. And when I I guess when I say boat race, I mean I don't think that Kansas is going to win by twenty five, but I can see Kansas getting out to a ten or twelve point lead and just holding it the rest of the game. So I maybe that's not boat race, but I I just I can see Kansas jumping on them early and just and just kind of co- not coasting, but just like. Mm-hmm. Riding that wave the rest of the game, uh, and so you never know. Um, I I I never really got into the Duke North Carolina, but I think North I think it's going to be a t- coin toss between who wins this game, because if if it comes down to who's making shots, whoever makes shots from the outside, I think both teams are really hard to score inside against. Um, North Carolina is yeah. more physical, where Duke's more athletic inside, so it's really hard to score inside against either team. So it's going to come down to who's making shots. That's why I think Manic's so key in this game is that he's going to have to knock down a bunch of these threes. We know the guards are going to let him rip anyway, but Manic's going to hit some of those big shots. Um, wow. Lanchero, we know, yeah. is the best player on the court. Um, so yeah, he's going to he's just going to he's going to put on one of those performances we've seen freshmen do it in this tournament. So I <clears throat> I lean towards Duke, but I think if if North Carolina's hitting shots. They 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 can win this game easily for me. And there and like I you know they they were on the bubble whatever it was middle of February beginning of February. This team is nowhere near what they were. I mean they, the last like month they've just been they've been on a roll. So I mean I know they're an eight seed and whatever, but they and they certainly have been playing at a much higher level than I think. Right, it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying they've been mm-hmm. playing at a much higher yeah. level the last month than what they showed the first month and a half or whatever or two months and the thing is uh, and again they've always had the talent i mean i think they started on a preseason eight or nine in the country so and then they just like kind of fell off but um going back to do dude mark was it mark williams yeah dude, yeah the big he guy, was yeah. so fucking good saturday it was unbelievable yeah he it was he was just he was an absolute fucking like an absolute monster in that game yeah, he's been a, he's been an absolute beast lately, man. He really has, and I think that's the reason Duke is like playing so well, because I think you know what you're gonna get out of like Bancaro and what you're gonna get out of, um, like I feel like Roach has been stepping up too, which has been huge. But yeah, Mark Williams has been a monster for them. He just and, protects the paint. And I think, I think one thing too, and I, I don't, you guys, you, know, you probably know more than I do, but I think one thing Carolina may would try probably try to do, and they'd be smart to do if they can. I don't know how often Duke switches on screens and shit, but if they can, if, if, if Carolina can run some picks and shit and get Williams on Manic and have Manic pull right. them outside the paint. And then you have whoever's guarding Baycott. I mean, I, Baycott's not like an NBA prospect, but the guy's a fucking double, double machine. He had the third highest rebounds per game in Carolina history for a season. It was almost yeah. 13. So 28 you know, double doubles. Pull, yeah. If they can pull, if they can pull Manic, uh, Williams, out of the paint because he's uh, out on manic. Then I think I think Baycott has a chance to feast inside, but it'll be interesting to see what to do. It's going to be a chess match the whole whole damn game. Duke's been doing a lot too. They'll they'll, they'll switch back and forth from man to man to like a two three zone, and I don't know yeah. how well it's going to work if UNC can hit some outside shots. But uh, it seems like the, Coach K has been doing that every once in a while just to mess with teams, and I think it does mess with them. It takes them a few possessions just to understand what's going on. Yeah. But I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. At box score for the Duke game versus Arkansas, they also pretty much played six six total guys. So yeah, it's gonna be 
your, Trevor Keels comes off your the bench five and, best, and that's yeah. it. And uh, a couple subs here. I mean, like one guy coming in here, give you a quick breather. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting if if fouls are a key part of the game. Obviously, it's going to like affect them anyway. But if they're not, if there is no fouls, they just let them play. They're going to be gassed. So it's going to yeah. be weird. Like yeah. you kind of want fouls in that situation because you. But I mean, if you only play and five I, or six guys, you, you don't you don't want any foul trouble. So I don't know. It can go either way. Yeah. No, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Like I said, it, it's a it's an absolute dream nightmare scenario for me. Um, we'll see. I Girl. I am I I always mentally prepare myself for the worst. So um, I'm not getting my high, uh, hopes up too high for this, but we'll see what happens. Top five probably rivalry rivalry in all of sports, and we get it what Saturday night at. Sat- 850. Yeah, 850. 850. I can't wait. And we're going to yep. be together. I don't know how we're going to do an episode. Well, if the freaking girls stay out till like midnight, like I think Kevin's wife's talking about, I don't know if we're going to be able to record <laughs> at all. I know. We'll, we'll see. see. We're not sure what, how we're going to do an episode. We might do it together. We'll, we're we're definitely... Maybe we can record part of it. Uh, we're what? not sure. We're I, have to get creative, but yeah. we'll do something for you guys. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Any uh, any news going on in baseball? I know uh, it's kind of spring training. I I always like I'm like ah man, this guy's on fire in spring. I'm gonna add this guy, and he goes out and he just throws duds or he doesn't hit the ball at all come regular season. So I basically at this point I don't look at any stats. And uh, I saw I, I know I've seen a few names that are having outstanding springs. I don't know if I even want to bring them up because those guys uh, could just fall apart and they might be just spring ball players. I mean, like, Pujols going to the Cardinals, I think it's really cool for his final season's retirement year, man. Got to go on yep. the retirement tour. I love it. Gets all that free <laughs> shit from every stadium he gets to go to, baby. <laughs> Soak it up, Pujols. <laughs> Make Fagola pissed off every fucking week. The Cardinals week. is great. No, uh, I don't have a problem with... Yeah, whatever. I'm on yeah, is Molina done, nope. too? Did I, did I read that right? I saw something about he wanted to retire with Molina and they go in the Hall of Fame together. Is what and Wainwright too? And Wainwright? Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think so. Oh, yeah, but that cool. was a good. I mean, what a trio of players that were together, you know, 15 years ago. And what they win one or two? One? I think they won uh, one. Uh, they lost to. The, I know they lost to the Sox, and I think yeah. they, they lost to the Sox. One other one too. So, but I mean, they were quite the. Chris Carpenter was a part of that. Um, they had a really good. Really good roster back then. Oh, that team was, they were really good. They had uh, Scott Rowland. David Exxon was a big part of some of those teams, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, you never you never look at spring trading stats and, like, get antsy about a guy? I I mean, I, I used to. And, uh, like, I had Bobby Dahlback the last, like, couple years, I feel like. And the guy is just a monster in spring. And then he came out in the first. And then you look at his splits and you look at April, May, June last year. And you're like, okay, this guy was a double-A player. I'm standing on first base for the Red Sox. So he got better. but It's, it's, it's just tough, though, because you have – I mean, you kind of look at a lot of stuff because, you know – the the pitching I think that's where the thing is you get the hitters you get the reps and the pitchers get reps as well but I mean there's there's guys that are you got major league hitters sometimes that are going to be batting against guys that are going to be thrown in like double A AA or triple A to start the year and they just completely just beat the shit out of them mm-hmm. and then when they get to the 
regular season starts and they're playing against like actual major league arms, it's not the same stuff. So I, I don't yeah. take a hell of a lot of stock into anything in the um in pre in uh, spring training. I've so, also yeah, go ahead, Kev. What I was gonna say is that I, I saw a tweet today about a guy, and so I actually added a guy today, and the reason was is because it talked about how Corbin Burns had an eight point eight ERA in twenty nineteen and then he made it click, right? Now Corbin Burns is like the best pitcher in baseball. And so I added Mitch Keller because Mitch Keller was always coming up like a highly touted mm-hmm. prospect. Royals. And I don't even really care of what his statistics are this spring, but like what they've been talking about is everything on his velocity is up. Like his fastball is up like an average of three miles per hour. Like his, he's even added like a slurve into his mix. His like sliders up like two miles per hour. His changeups up higher. So the fact that he's like throwing better, that's what got me excited to add him. And it's like, you know, I'm not expecting to be Corbin Burns. Don't get me wrong. But if Mitch Keller can pitch into like the three RA, then it's like maybe I found something here for a, a guy that's only 25 years old. Yeah. Those so I'll take, like I'll take chances on guys like that. Things that you can like you can measure. All right. Mm-hmm. But then if you say you have, say, Tanner Huck or he comes yeah. out there. Right. And he gives up four runs and you're like, oh, my God, you have four runs in two innings. But then you go back and look and it's like, OK, he just threw fastballs. Yeah, because he wanted to work on his fastball or mm-hmm. just to slide. Right. So like he doesn't care. Like this managers out there, like I don't care. Just try to paint outside fastballs. That way you got yep. that pitch down. When it's like you know a one and one count, and you can just paint the outside. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times yeah. that's more frequently with pitchers is that they're just out there working on pitches versus at bats. Yeah. And then hitters can take advantage of that too. So, um, you know, if they're working on a fastball and they want to establish a fastball and Bobby Dahlbeck's up, he mashes fastballs, but he can't hit a fucking breaking ball. But if the pitcher's plan was never throw a breaking ball, you know, we're left hanging, you know, it's not really a real at bat. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm with you. When I was reading about Keller, too, it kind of goes with the goals point about they were talking about because he had like two or three strikeouts in his last game, whatever he pitched. And uh, they were talking, they said like the guys he struck out in None of the three that they mentioned I have even ever heard of. It's got to be guys that are like only play rookie ball or something like that because they I've never even heard these names. So that yeah. that's one thing. But yeah, it's more of the pitch speed that got me interested in this dude. Yep. Yeah. Did you guys uh, speaking of you adding guys? We, obviously, we we talked about having our draft there last week. We did that Friday night. Um, anybody that you guys picked up in the draft that. I don't want to say you're excited about, but that you guys may be, you know, think you may got to steal on or anything like that. I don't remember what I drafted, dude. <laughs> I took I took a shot on Marsu uh, Azuna and just hoping that maybe he bounces back. Obviously, I see you like character on your team, huh? You like He's character. An <laughs> absolute douchebag of a of a human being. Um, but. You know, I felt like I had a really good hitting roster. Um, I feel like my pitchers are are question marks with injuries. Um, so I went I went with pitchers first, but like then I then later on when I took my hitters, I kind of went for older guys with experience um, that I had a little more comfort of playing because I feel like sometimes you go with the younger guy and you don't know exactly what you're getting. So. I mean, like Charlie Blackman, Michael Brantley, like Ozuna, those are the guys I went with. I'm not I'm not like. I'm definitely not excited about any of them, but I feel more comfortable than a guy that, um, you know, kill B- Badu or whatever, something like that. Um, who was a big question mark. I feel more comfortable with a guy who's a veteran. I talked about this guy a couple episodes ago, but I drafted Nate Lowe. I got him like, I don't know, mm-hmm. quite a ways down. 
And I just think with the additions of Semyon and Seeger into that lineup, I if there's ever going to be a year where this dude can like break out, it's going to be this year. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. The the one guy that I well one guy that I took that I'm hoping kind of bounces back and he's ready for opening day in uh, is Clevenger. I took him. I I don't remember. I think he kind of fell down because I think yeah, people he was weary about whether or not whether or not he was gonna be ready. But I, I ended up grabbing him, so I'm hoping um, he bounces back. And, and if he does, I like what my you know my top my staff looks like with Bieber, Clevenger, Pablo Lopez, Manoa, and Woodruff. It's a pretty solid five. So. Uh, ho- hopefully Clevenger bounces back to what he was pre uh, pre Tommy John and uh, look. It's good. a good ballpark that he's in too. With you know when in that when that lineup is healthy, he should have some good run run support. Yep. So I like Clevenger yep, a lot. Sure. What do you guys say? We jump into our top twenty outfielders. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. You guys ready to rock and roll? Mm-hmm. So twenty uh, of them. The, so we'll jump in number 20 on the list. I got a bunch of shit because I had this guy so high. So everybody else had to talk about him. But um, <laughs> that's a 27 year old from the Pirates, Brian Reynolds. Uh, I'll jump in, G, because I know you're the one. That yeah, because me and Shuri didn't even him. rank this guy. I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't know who he was. Either. I thought it was Burt Reynolds at first and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. So go ahead. Right, Gold. So Take it away. The, so this is this is what I like about the guy. So he's played really, I mean, I'd say two semi-full seasons. His rookie year in 2019 played 134 games. So he had 16 homers, 83 RBIs, uh, 83 runs, and 63 RBIs. Um, and then he played last year in, in 159 games, 24 homers, 93 runs, 90 RBIs. He had a walk rate above 11. Uh 302, 395, 22 slash line. And may I remind you, he did that on fucking Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like this is a guy that he's putting up pretty damn good numbers in a, in a really shitty lineup. And if I know anything about the Pittsburgh Pirates, I know they're going to maximize their value for this They'll guy. They'll trade him. So in, a, in a year or two, he's going to get traded to probably a semi-contender, and he's going to be hitting in a better, better lineup. Now, Reynolds isn't a guy that, uh, you know, He's not gonna. He's not gonna be a bona fide stud on your team, but you need guys like Reynolds on your team to win your leagues. You know, if if you can get a guy that's gonna hit you close twenty five homers and score a hundred runs and a hundred RBIs and his and and his OBP is gonna be pushing four hundred and his slugging's gonna be over five. I mean, what are we talking about? You you'll take that all the time from every any position you have. So. Reynolds is I like Reynolds and I I have him on the list because I think he's eventually going to get traded to a contender and his I think his counting stats are just going to go up. The thing I just want to say about him is that like he doesn't only he has a great on base percentage like right around 400 but he doesn't really do anything else great like he doesn't steal you any bases so if he's not stealing you bases then he needs to get you power and I just I'm not super confident that this dude's going to be getting close to 30 homers. Any of his prospect um, like grades, like like raw power futures fifty, game power futures fifty. I just I don't know if he's ever gonna get to thirty, and without like even getting five stolen bases, I just don't see a ton of. Um, I think outfield stacked, and I just don't know if this guy's a top twenty outfielder. That's all I want to say about him. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. May you, no Zach, and it's I think like, I know Kev's answer to this. But a little question: Would you rather have twenty-seven-year-old Brian Reynolds or twenty-eight-year-old 
Byron Buxton. Ronald. No way. I'd rather have Buxton. Buxton can't stay on the fucking field. I don't care, but Buxton potentially could be a. Honestly, he was like a top 10 player from the time okay, he played last year. But we always talk about having, like, you guys always mention about guys that you rather no, have somebody who's proven already. You want somebody and that stays Buxton like that. is not Buxton's not proven. Like, he had a very good, like, whatever, fucking month and a half, two months last year when he played. He hasn't done shit other than that. I would say, I would argue that Reynolds has had two solid, I guess, semi-full seasons. I mean, the COVID year, he was awful, but everybody was. So, I'm just saying, I does I do I think Buxton has a much higher ceiling than Reynolds? Absolutely. But right now, gun to my head, I'm taking Reynolds because I know what I'm going to get out of him. And Buxton, I don't know. I could get the fucking 220 hitting Buxton, who hits 15 homers and doesn't get on base enough to steal any bases. So I'm going to roll with Reynolds here, but I, I will acknowledge I think Buxton has a higher ceiling. Yeah, Buxton's ceiling to the roof. I it, It's a – you're right. I mean, we always preach take the guy that you know is going to give you stats, where Buxton you don't know is going to give you stats. But, boy, when he played last year, it was unbelievable. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy. And they put, they put some pretty good players around them in Minnesota this year. So mm-hmm. That's All a right. sneaky, decent lineup. Yep, we can go to All 19. Right, coming, in at 19, coming in at 19, it's the only guy who's not currently in the majors right now. That is 21-year-old Julio Rodriguez. Touch base on him um, in our in our minors rankings. Um, you guys have anything you want to add to it? I think it's, I think he's raking this spring. Yeah, well, I was, well, was going to say it's weird because, like, even in the minors, he's never really had a monster season, you know what I mean? Like, this most homers in a season in the minors is, uh, like, 12, I think, in 2019. Or he had 13 last year. So he's had 13 and then, 20, and then 12. So it's not like he has a monster homers. Like, he hasn't had a ton of stolen bases either, but, like, his grades are just off the charts. Like, a 60 future hit grade, future 70 power. If that stuff can come along and i think with what the mariners have done to their lineup i think this dude's going to be in a really good spot to succeed because like i think when he gets called up he's not going to have to be the man you know what i mean and i think he can just get comfortable with the majors i think it's going to be huge for him he it's he actually gives me griffey vibes like like the way he play like the way he stands the way he looks he gives you that griffey vibes which is kind of cool because he's in in seattle so i'm i'm just excited to see what he does i think he's going to be one of those guys like he has potential to be like an acuña one of those guys so yeah looking for sure. forward to seeing him all right coming in at 18 we have a 26 year old uh i want to say outfielder he's obviously an outfielder cuz we're doing the outfield rankings <laughs> and that's tyler o'neill from the st <laughs> louis cardinals what you guys got on tyler uh, uh, I mean, I'll go. He had a obviously a breakout year this past year. Uh, never had more homers than nine going into the season, and he belts 34 homers. So, like, you obviously got to expect a little bit of regression out of this guy. I don't know if he's a 34 homer guy, but I think he can be somewhere right around 30 homers. I mean, his OPS increased almost 300 points from 2020. So, or 2021, I don't know which one it was, but um, and he also had a bay pip of uh, 366, which is quite high. I would think he got a little lucky in some of his hits last year. I could imagine some of that's going to drop a little bit. I think Tyler O'Neill is still going to be a really good player. I just don't know if you can expect the same uh, production out of him going into this. I year. think, I mean, he is fucking yoked. Um, 
<laughs> so the home runs could, to me, could go up. I think the stolen bases is probably not what, what, what seems like it's not to go down with these power hitters. So, I mean, Tyler O'Neill came out of nowhere. Uh, can he do it again? I don't know. Um, it seems like he was always had potential for high power, but St. Louis never really gave him that full opportunity to display it until last year, and he took full advantage of it. So, um, you know, I, 30, 34 home runs, I think he could probably do that again with us. You know, when you see the guy, he's just a physical specimen. Um, looks like he's never left the gym. Um, but we'll see if he can keep it up. Yeah, the the big thing for O'Neill is that he just uh, he, there's a lot of strikeout there. He struck out over 31% last year, but you know, I mean, but he still hit 286 with a 352 on base. So, um, if he's hitting 34, mm-hmm. 34-ish homers, and even if he regresses a little, stolen bases, and he's getting you around 10, and he's in his, you know, his counting stays, his runs and RBIs are 80 to 90, this is going to be a pretty solid contributor. Um, moving forward so all right number 17 we have another mariners outfield recently acquired mm-hmm. by the mariners we have 28 year old jesse winker um i'll let you guys kind of jump on this at first because i didn't add winker to my list both of you did yeah i was wow. surprised i even asked you i even asked you i'm like did you did you forget about him or not and you just left him up dude's had over 930 ops the last two seasons sign me up for that every friggin' year any guy over 900 OPS is money in my book. Uh, the move to the Mariners, I think maybe leaving uh, what's the Reds field called? Great American Ballpark. Yeah. That could be a question mark. I think the Reds lineup last year was really good. So uh, I like where the Mariners are going. I think they've made some awesome moves. I just don't know if the Mariners lineup is as good as last year's. But I don't know. Any guy that he bat his own base is around 400. His slugging is up around over 550. Love Winker. He's so consistent, man. Um <clears throat> you said everything I, I would say too, but I mean, he, he added a little bit more pop last year to his home runs and when the, the way he makes contact and I know it's going to a bigger ballpark, I think he still sits right around 25 home runs, probably a few more RBIs. Um, I don't know if he'll be in the leadoff spot or not, but it'll be interesting to see where he, where he, where he bats there, where they, how they use him. But I think he's like one of the guys that you could put in a leadoff spot and he's going to score you a ton of friggin' runs. Or if he's in the three spot ahead of a, a, a better hitter, um, it, he's just, he's perfect for any lineup. Yeah. I think the, the, the reason, I mean, I love his OBP skills. He's, he's a, an absolute monster when it comes to that. I think the big reason I left him off the list is I just don't know how much more power is going to come. Um, especially leaving a, a hitter's ballpark like mm-hmm. uh, he has in Cincinnati, and I, like I said, I think his mat, you know, his career high in homers. He said it last year, right? Did we just say that? But 24. I mean, granted, he did only play in 110 games, so I guess if you know his on pace is probably you know closer to 35 or so. So I, I don't know. Um, I could be looking at this list three months from now and being like, you're an absolute fucking moron. What the hell are you doing? But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just want to see it for a full season from him. I mean, he's never played any more than 113 games in a career. So I want to see it over a full course of a full year. But I do think going to Seattle is going to help because I think that lineup is sneaky, sneaky, really good. If, if Golda, if, I think that's a huge point, too, because, like, I think Reynolds and O'Ne- and Winker are very comparable, you know. Guys that aren't going to mash the ball a ton, but guys that are going to get on base a, a bunch. If you could guarantee 140 games out of both of these guys, who would you want? Winker. 
you would, yeah. I, but I think that's I mean, a big, well, I think that's a big I, well, point of think, why you ranked Reynolds over Winker is because Reynolds can can play. He can play right, 160 and, games. Winker has improved. And I that. think that, and I think I say Winker, if he was still in Cincinnati, I think uh, I'd probably still lean Winker, but it's a lot further away now that he's in Seattle because I think that lineup's gonna be so much better, and I think his runs and RBIs mm-hmm. are gonna just be a lot higher and a lot more opportunity than Reynolds does playing in freaking Pittsburgh. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy, man, that's right. All right. The Speaking next, of healthy. <laughs> oh, this is a, I think this is a, yeah, I think this is this, the contract essentially signs a fucking bargain. So um, the next guy, 28 year old from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Cattell Marte. I think we touched base on him in the second base one a little bit, but if you guys want to add anything to it, G. I've this guy's been in so much trade talk over the last like two years, I feel like. Um and he just never got moved and then they just signed him, was it today? Was it actually today or yesterday they signed him to the five year deal? Yesterday, I think. Oh. Yeah. So the five year deal. So I mean they're obviously they're buying into this dude, but I mean like I said, just give me 140 games out of this dude and I will be absolutely ecstatic because I think when he's playing on the field, he's a machine. He's proven before he can yep. hit over 30 homers, and he's proven that he can have it on base up in the high threes. So, love it. I also think like when you sign that, like that's a pretty friendly deal. So, I don't think that, that like he could still be traded, right? I mean, he's been in a lot of trade talks, but any team's yeah. looking at that like, oh my god, he's already signed for a nice like. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's team friendly, but it's a pretty reasonable contract. And if he's playing out of his mind to start the season, and someone needs an outfielder or a second baseman. He, the price tag could be, I mean, I think it's a great play by Arizona anyway. If you sign him, you can still trade him. Well, and I, and I think, too, you look at what Arizona potentially has coming up. I mean, I think Marte's going to, he's been playing at second. So, yep. but you look at that outfield, you know, potentially two or three years from now, and you have Corbin Carroll. Uh, I think Dalton Varshell is going to move off of catcher. I don't think he's going to be eligible there, like, in the next couple of years. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um... Alex Thomas, add in Marte. I mean, you got like four pretty, uh, pretty solid hitters there in that lineup. I think uh, Arizona in a couple of years may have, you know, they may be sneaky, sneaky good. I don't know how much you guys want to touch on this next guy. It's a uh, 27-year-old from Tampa, Brandon Lau. If you're in an on-base league, reach for him. If you're in an average league, maybe let him go. That's it. I like him more for second base than I do for outfield. Um, I think it's special if you get a second baseman with power. So, yeah. All right, next guy. You guys had him ranked quite a bit higher than I did. That is 27-year-old from the Baltimore Orioles, Cedric Mullins. Great combo of. Oh, I mean, he came out of nowhere last year. I mean, he wasn't even. I don't. I don't remember his name until you know. One-fourth of the way through the season, he was just absolutely dominating. He ended up with 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases. You just don't see 30 and 30 anymore. He still had a 360 on base, 91 runs, uh, only 60 RBIs because he's batting leadoff in Baltimore. But what a season. I think I'm I'm always on the side of, you know, I'm going to keep a guy high until they prove me wrong that they're not not the player they were. So for me, Cedric Mullins put on an awesome performance. Uh, potential to be traded. Um, if he gets to a better team, his numbers will probably go up more. Uh, 
I wonder if the Baltimore moving the fences back hurts them a little bit. But at the same time, you know, a double turns into a triple when you move the fences back, stuff like that, because he is, a, I mean, he has got to see him quite a bit when watching Red Sox games. He can fly. So I, I like Cedric Mullins. I don't think the fence is going to hurt him too much. Obviously, he's going to lose a few home runs, but I, I do like Cedric Mullins. I do think he's a lefty, and I think they moved the left field fence back, and I, he pulls a lot of balls. So I don't I don't think they did anything to right field, I don't believe. Okay. I could be wrong on that, but I, I think yeah, they Yeah, well, they have, that high, they have that high wall yeah. there. So Yeah, so um, I don't think it's going to change much there. But, um, dude, I feel so bad for this fucking guy to be playing on the Orioles. 30 homers and 59 RBIs is just, like, unheard of. That's an it's an unheard yeah. of like two stats together. And, yeah. but like you said, 30, 30 guy, 30, 30 is very rare. I feel like, um, it takes a really good fancy player to do that, pull that season off. And this guy can do it. And I, and I feel like he can get more stolen bases than this. Uh, so I, I like Mullins a lot. Yeah. So my, my whole thing with Mullins is I, I think you guys both had him like 13. I have him 19. I think the, Hitting tool, I think the on-base skills, I think the stolen base is legit. I don't think 30 homers is fucking legit at all. I don't think – and maybe I'm going to be wrong on this, but I look at it. I mean, he in 602 at-bats last year, he hit 30 homers. He he had 2,013 at-bats in the minors and hit 51 homers. In his previous 374 at-bats in the majors, he hit seven. So, I, I I mean, maybe he found a power stroke. Maybe he made a swing change, and maybe it's legit. I don't think it is, but I still think he's going to be very good because I think the hit tool, the OBP, and in the stolen bases is there. If I'm wrong, I won't hear the fucking end of it from the guy in our league over it because mm-hmm. he just – whatever. But um, I just don't, I just don't know if the 30 homers is legit. Now, if that only, even if that drops down to 20, he's still extremely valuable. Yeah. It looks like like his uh, Statcast stuff, like his max exit velocities, launch angle, that stuff didn't change. It seems like all these things he's doing is he's just barreling the ball up better. And yeah, but his hard hit, his hard hit rate's thirty nine percent. No, I didn't realize, but I think that's I think the reason why he was seeing a huge jump is just because he's seeing the ball better. He's just oh, he's barely yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So yeah, and, and like I agree, like yeah, he might not hit 30 homers again, but I think that guy that's gonna get you 30 plus stolen bases and, and get you 20 plus homers is huge, and not yeah. gonna hurt you in, in on base. But just get out of Baltimore and it's value rockets. But then again, too, I mean, well, you think about it too, and Baltimore, you know, Rochman's probably gonna be up this year. You probably got another year or two with then you got uh, Gunnar Henderson. Um, I think there's they got another old fielder, Kobe Mayo, Heston Curse dad, Colton Kowser. So I mean, if they, I don't think Mullins wants to stay there long term, but if they can lock this guy up long term, I mean, that lineup in three or four years might be pretty, pretty legit. Can you name two hitters in their lineup right now, other than Mullins? <sighs> Renato Nunez is he still there? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't. Name oh, any. My- Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, yeah. Just look at Ben Madigan's team. I think he owns all of them. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next next on the list, we have uh, 29 What's this guy's year name? From Tor- What's his hey, first Oscar. name? What's his first name? Toscar. No. No, Toscar. There you go. <laughs> As sure he said, Toscar Hernandez. Yep. Um, what, do you got, what do you got on him, Troy? I think just benefiting from being in Toronto, man, he is, he's a really good player. Uh, but last year's stats were incredible. 
32 home runs, 116 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, uh, 92 runs. He even had a 346 on base, which was a career high. He just did everything. He he really gives you a little bit of everything. <clears throat> I I don't see why he just doesn't put up like stats pretty close to the same. I think that you know obviously that's the best lineup in in baseball. So um, he's sitting right in the middle of it. I don't know if he'll be in the in the high side like the batting in the two two three spot or the four the five six. But anyway, it's it's all good for him. I think I, I this is exactly what I wrote. He's probably the biggest beneficiary of ha- being in a good lineup, maybe other than Marcus Semyon yeah. last year. But it's it's a, both the same exact lineup. You look at his as uh, baseball savant page as like hard hit balls. It's just everything is like red because this dude mashes the ball and he hits like no doubt home runs, ones that just fly over the wall. So uh, as long as this dude's hitting behind Bo in uh, Vladdy, I think he's going to drive in over 100 every year and he's going to hit 30 homers and maybe those runs creep up over 100. And this guy is a stud. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. He's. The only thing you can really, I mean, he's got some swing and miss in his, in the bat a little bit, but other than that, he's going to be hitting in a great lineup. So mm-hmm. get you some TA Oscar. All right. The next guy, I think this is, this is like probably the first one we have that's like, other than J-Rod, that's like pure projection. Cause I don't think he really hasn't done anything to warrant this position yet so far in his career, but uh, we're all fairly close around anywhere from 12 to 14 on this guy. Mm-hmm. That's, 25-year-old from the White Sox, Eloy Jimenez. I mean, it's all potential, right? I mean, we've seen the power. He just hasn't played in a full game season. So if he if he plays in a full game season, I think that, you know, he has – we've all seen the hit tool. We've all seen the power. Uh, his on-base was horrendous. He needs to pick that up. So yep. it, I still think he could go either way. He could – you know, he could fall off and fall right on his face because he's not making a lot of contact. But when he does, it is loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so dude's going to get you zero stolen bases, has zero stolen bases for his career and 232 games. So <laughs> do not count on this guy getting you any of those. Uh, but his rookie season, we saw him at 31 dingers. Uh, I think he just needs to stay healthy. I mean, I think health is yeah. it's one of the biggest things you could do when building a team, because if you guys not playing then you're not getting any stats from, so if this dude's healthy, if this dude can can play 140, 150 games, then it's he could easily hit 40 homers, and I think that's huge to have, regard, regardless if he's not getting you any bases, stolen bases. Yeah, I, again, yeah, I think like you guys just said, it, he's got to be on the field. I mean, he's I don't think he's going to get on base at a high clip ever, but if he's if he's hitting 35, 40 homers, I don't think you really give a shit that much. Um, and he's going to be hitting in a very good lineup with. Do you guys you know, think that the White Sox lineup's the second best behind the Blue Jays? No, I think a healthy San Diego might be. Uh, oh, Dodgers that, probably. I think Dodgers Braves, and the, the Dodgers. Braves, yeah, the Dodgers. Dodgers yeah. The Sox are probably right there. I think the Yankees are right there too. Yep. So, I like the White to Sox answer your lineup, question, though. no. <laughs> yeah, I forgot <laughs> no. about the Dodgers. Dodgers is def- <laughs> Dodgers Blue Jays definitely one too. I think yeah. Braves are right there too. Oh, because you own two of their fucking players, dude. Three, actually, three, three. No. fucking guy. Yeah, the, how many they are teams? though. That have, team's loaded with Acuna, uh, obviously, Acuna. So, yeah. All right. All right. 
I, if you would have said last year this guy would be outside the top 10, I probably would have thought you were fucking crazy, but that's how loaded this position is. That is Aaron Judge, all rise, New York Yankee. What do you got, G? You're the Yankee fan. I, you could probably tell me I'm wrong in this, but I think him and Stanton are the two hardest hitters there are. Like his, his baseball savant page, I think it says like max exit velocity is 100%, so it's, I'm pretty sure Stan hits harder than he does. But it's it's another thing with this dude. Like he's had injuries the last couple of years. He's missed some games, and but when he's on the field, he just freaking produces, man. And the funnest thing about this guy is that the homers he hits are just like no doubters. Like they just absolutely fly over the wall. And being a Yankees fan, I love seeing it. Uh, one thing about Judge, though, is I feel like he got a start to his career, like, a little later. I, I, I don't know if he got called up later in the minors, but, like, he's already 29, and which kind of seems funny, but, like, he's, like, I think the second oldest guy on this list, maybe. Or maybe the third oldest, I don't know. But, he, so, I, I don't know if his prime's passed him. I think he's not going to be stealing you any bases anymore, so you're relying on that power, but he's got unlimited power, so. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you look at last, it was good to see it from a, uh from a fantasy standpoint and if you're a Yankees fan, he, you know, playing 148 games last year. So he didn't miss a ton of time. Um, and those could have just been days off. I don't recall if he missed any time with injury G maybe you do, but you know, he still hit 39 homers. I mean, his, uh, RBI is pushing hundred runs are pushing 90 and he's still getting on base at a 370 clip. So, I mean, it, it, even if he's got only has another three, four more years of that, um, I th- I mean, you're going to take that. I mean, I think he probably has more because, I mean, I just – as long as he stays on the field, the guy's going to hit – if he hits the ball, he's going to fucking go 500 feet, so. <laughs> it's – uh, I don't think it's more about Judge. I think it's more about how deep this outfield position is. It is freaking loaded. There's a lot of young studs here, and that's why – that's the only reason why Judge is, is, is further behind. I mean, he's a little bit up there in age, and, you know, I, just, I don't think he's quite as good as – some of the other guys here um, that are older, but then there's the younger guys who have potential to to pass them that you would rather take a risk with the younger guy. Um, so it's 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 interesting. I mean, I, I think I think that you know he's I, he's one of the best players in baseball, um, in my opinion. But I just think it shows how young uh, and loaded this this outfield position is. One thing I just want to say about like the Yankees, like with the makeup of their lineup, I, I hate that like Stanton is like the DH all the time because I think Judge would benefit mm. from being a DH, you know, here here and there. But you want Stanton's bat in the lineup all the time, and Stanton just can't play the field at all. So I, right, I, Judge would be benefit of you know that big yeah. body taking a, a rest yeah. here and there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, checking in at number ten, the second White Sox. Luis Robert. Robert. Uh, I I think this guy has the potential to move up into the top five if he plays a full season. Yeah. I think he's an absolute freak. Um, you know, you look what he did last year. He only played. He only had you know 296 at bats, but he hit 13 homers, 43 RBI, six stolen bases, hit 338, 378 OBP, and slugged 567. Uh, I just think that he's got to put in a full season and, and get on the field. But I, I definitely think if he plays a full year, this dude is going to absolutely dominate. And I think he will be, he will push. Yeah. I think he can push top five, top five after the year's end. If he, if he plays a whole year. 
this is like exactly what I'm talking about, though. Like, I think obviously Judge is a superstar, but like this guy's being 24 years old and has potential to be what what Judge puts out for numbers. Just is why we have him higher ranked. Um, but yeah, you you've hit it. He he has potential, and the roof is. I mean the the, the home runs are there. There's no doubt about it. Um, I wonder I wonder if the stolen bases come because I know he's a good athlete. I remember him coming up the minors. He had it so. Um, We'll see. Uh, 946 OPS is, is really encouraging. I mean, he's got a 70 grade speed. I think I think he's a classic example of a guy that can just go a breakout season if he's healthy to becoming a 30-30 guy. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, he did his Babbitt last year was 394, so that's probably going to regress. I mean, I don't mean I don't think he's pro- he's probably not a 340 hitter, but um, he's just it's so many tools, ton of potential, so. Sky's the limit for this guy. Uh, coming in at nine, familiar face touched on him on the second base because he is eligible in our league at second, and that is Mookie Betts. Anything you guys want to add on Mookie? Nope. Love Mookie. Good good lineup, good player. That's it. Number eight, this guy was ranked in eighth by all three of us, and that is the slugging outfielder from the Astros, Jordan Alvarez. Show dog, what do you got? You own him. Great lineup, tons of power. Um, I don't think he's like elite, elite power, but I mean, he's just to me, he's a walking hundred RBIs, probably close to a hundred runs, uh, three fifty on base kind of guy, and uh, it's it's all about health for him. Uh, he he actually played in a lot of games last year, but um, the COVID year, he pretty much missed every game. Um, because of knee issues and, and those are always scary. So can he stay healthy? He's just a really consistent, young, powerful hitter. Um, and he's he's played a little bit outfield, which helps get some uh, outfield eligible too. I had massive power. He's in a stacked lineup. If this dude can give you 140, 150 games, he's going to hit you 40 dingers with 100 runs, 100 RBIs. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you look at his baseball savant page, top 3%, average exit velo, max exit velo, top 3%, hard hit, top 3%. And you look at his spray chart, he hits the ball to every part of the field with mm-hmm. power. So he's an absolute freaking stud. Yep. It, it was huge that he he played uh, – What he, I just had it up too. He played 41 games in the outfield last year. That's huge to get that eligibility because before he's always just been like a utility player. So that is huge for he's gained that. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a good number too. 41. It's not like he just barely had it. You'd think he right. might drop it off after this year. So. I think, yeah, most of them came in the second half too. So in his, uh, the next guy on this list, his teammate, 25 year old Kyle Tucker. Gee, you got him. What do you got? Uh, maybe this is bias. I didn't really look into the stats a ton, but I've seen a lot of stuff about this. But like this dude was the best hitter in majors after the All Star break last year. His OPS in July was 971. His OPS in August was 940. And his OPS to finish the year was 1.087. Like this dude should push 30, 100, 100, and he should get you 20 stolen bases. Well, maybe 15 to 20 stolen bases. Like we've said, he's in the Astros lineup. They're going to score a ton of runs. Love Tucker, and he's only 25 years old. His best years are still ahead of him. Yeah, for sure. He doesn't strike out a lot. Only struck out. It was just a titch under 16% last year. Um, walk rate just over nine. And you have, uh, you know, the only thing you want to see from him possibly is maybe getting uh, another full season um 
under his belt and kind of see see him have him do it for more than one year. But now Tucker's a freaking stud. Do you know one thing I would want out of Tucker is fucking perseverance, dude. I need some perseverance out of Tucker. Like, like my boy showed up, dude. <laughs> That's what I want. My boat, my boy show dog is going to persevere this freaking episode. All right. You know, we all have to play through some, uh, <laughs> this is, his, this is a legit flu game. This is his legit flu game. We got to play through some rough times, injuries, you know, but illnesses, man. And if we can battle through those, that's when the fucking star caliber. Oh Holy shit. My guy. Yeah, having a rough one right now. I don't Holy even know if you can hear me. We have to cut that out. I thought it'd be ready. Right 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 <laughs> Shit, dude. The flu game. That was like legit. Like I looked over at one point, you could actually just see him like le- like the vomit coming out. So I have like you guys on this screen in front of me, and like my stats are all over here. So like. I'm reading my stats off and all that shit. And like, I think he was like thrown up <laughs> at the beginning of my little rant there. And, uh, well, and I, I didn't notice it either. So I'm sitting here, I'm like looking, like going to like fan graphs and baseball stuff. And I'm looking up stuff on Tucker and then I'm sitting there and then I'm like, I just look down and I see Shory, like his head down. I'm like, oh, he's fucking <laughs> all right. Checking in at number six, we have last year's NL MVP 29 year old from the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper. Hapa. Do you guys know how many people in Major League history have won two MVPs? I'll tell you. 31. Only 31 in the entire history of the Majors has won two MVPs. Harper's done it. Uh, he's had a monster year. I don't know what it was, like five years ago. And then this year he had the monster year, like an OPS over one. You don't have to say anything else. If a guy has an OPS over one, you want him on your team. Mm. That's it. What about Puig? How many does he have? (laughs) (laughs) Takes us back to it. Probably like 10 years ago. Quick, quick side story. Kevin and I having a few beers. Uh, He he was very high on Puig. Uh, (laughs) What, like four MVPs? I think we had a $20 bet. Uh, I think how many bonds win? Bonds win four, I think. (laughs) It was it was a pretty, pretty quick 20 bucks. I think I had in my pocket, so. Yeah, and I think he's his his his, his uh, RBIs and runs are probably going to go up with Castellanos and Schwarber in that lineup too. So, mm-hmm. a little more protection. Right, checking it, checking in at number five. Uh, some say he's still arguably the best player in baseball when healthy, and that is Michael Trout. I think the thing for Trout is he's going to play. I think when he plays, he's going to be one of, if not the best player in baseball. It's just a matter of. If he can stay on the field, I mean, I think his days of stealing a bunch of bases behind him, but I mean, you're still talking to guys who's going to hit 40 homers, OBP well over 400, um, RBIs runs. He, because the freaking guy does it all. So you just want to see him play. Stay on the field, Mike. Stay on the field. Uh, he, it's weird. I've, I've heard this before, but like, he's basically what Juan Soto wants to be. So, um, I he obviously he's he's a great player. He's a first ballot all thing and maybe the best player we've had in our generation. So mm-hmm. um he's still only thirty years old and, and if he just stays healthy, he's probably forty home runs and hundred and ten RBIs with it seems like he has a really good lineup around him now too. So 
I, I'm not even going to say any stats about him. I just think this is interesting that of our list of 20, he's the oldest guy, and he's going to be 30 years old all season until, I think, August, I think it is. So it's pretty crazy. It's a pretty young list. of. It's good. So it's going to be a lot of good outfielders for a long time here. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Checking in. Number four is teammate Shohei Otani. Um, talked about him briefly when it comes to pitching. But what he did last year, hitting the ball was also a fucking just a monster year. 158 games, 46 homers, 103 runs, 100 stolen, 100 RBIs, and 26 stolen bases. Uh, batting average isn't great. I mean, it's 257. It's not going to kill you. But 372 OBP, 592 slugging. Guy was a fucking machine last year. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he almost he was four stolen bases short, but only 13 times in history as a guy gone 40 homers 30 stolen bases so he was missing some very rare air right there but 100 max exit below and a 91 percent highest for sprint speed this dude is an absolute freak athlete and oh yeah i think he can kind of pitch pretty good too so yeah. i think it, i know some leagues haven't split like otani the hitter and otani the pitcher but if you have a league i know Fantrax does um as one player he's the most valuable player he is yep so yeah, if the way our league set up, if we had a redraft, I'd be taking this guy number one. Overall. Number one. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to do something a little differently here for these last three guys. Um, I'll read them down. In our in the composite rankings, Juan Soto finished in – well, let's go. Number three was Ronald Acuna. Number two was Fernando Tatis. And number one was Juan Soto. What I want to do real quick, each one of us had a different one of those guys at number one. So, gee, why don't we start cool. with you? Let us know why you had uh, Nando as your uh, top yes. outfielder. So I had Tatis, number one. Obviously, Tatis is a fucking idiot. For my notes, I literally wrote motorcycle. I think once the Padres can get this fucking <laughs> guy, like, I think he's going to grow up. And I think once he grows up, I think he's, like, not going to do this stupid shit like, mo- like driving motorcycles and saying, oh, which one? And I think last year he clearly showed that he can put up the most eye-popping stats in all of baseball. So once this guy smartens up, stops doing the stupid shit, and then they, the Padres are starting to use him differently too. They're not just like plugging him at a shortstop. And I think with the DH, that helps this guy staying healthy down the line. And I think the sky's the limit for this guy once he puts up 140, 150 games. I hope you're right because I have him, and I'm just sick and tired of him only playing like 90 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Show Dog, you had Juan Soto at uh... – Yep. At one. Um, yeah. 465 on base last year. And then in the COVID shortened season, he had 490 on base percentage within 1100, basically a 1200 OPS. I just love it. He is the best hitter in my opinion in baseball. And you know what? Hitters are the guys who last forever to me. Whereas guys who rely on speed, once you lose speed, you kind of wonder who you are as a player. And, And these other guys all rely on, they don't rely on speed, but they have speed. Um, where Soto just gets up there and hits, and he's on a fucking horrendous team. Um, there's nothing around him, but he still puts up monster numbers, and you know, he's just gonna get better with age. I, I think he's not even. I don't even think he's in his prime yet, and he's. I mean, his OPS is a thousand. So. Yeah, and I yeah, he's just and and I'll tell you the reason what separated him. Um, I, I really his OBP really made me want to put him at one. But what the difference was, and I put Acuna at one, and this is why. 
Uh, I've looked back at Acuna's 2019 season, 41 homers, 127 runs, 101 RBIs, and 37 stolen bases. This guy is a potential 40-40 guy. Mm, yep. and that's what separates it, separates him and Soto to me is as good as Soto's on-base percentages, and it's fucking great. Um, I think you're going to have a guy in Acuna whose on-base percentage is around 400, but might, is going to steal 25 to 30 more bases than Soto is. So that's what kind of pushed uh, Acuna over the top. For me, uh, I, I am a little curious on how much he's going to run now because he's coming back from he tore his ACL. So I don't know if that's going to I hinder things. But if he comes back anywhere near 2019, I think his power and speed is unlike anybody else in baseball. Um, the only one that rivals it is probably Tatis. And I just still don't think he's got the speed, um, the potential 40-40 stuff that um, – Acuna does. So that's where I that's why I went with Acuna. I think he's a fuck he's an electric factory. I, I just absolutely love that Soto's twenty-three, Tatis is twenty-three, and Acuna's twenty-four. And these guys are already just absolute fucking monsters. And it's like they're gonna be so good for so long. And baseball's in a good spot with these three. And, and you mm-hmm. think like just from a baseball standpoint, you have those three guys and you have somebody like Vladdy and they're so young and and show hey, and it's like just major league baseball doesn't do shit to like promote mm-hmm. these guys or show them off because the, the the game is in such good hands with these kids and they're so fun to watch. Yeah. But baseball just is yeah can con- it's, constantly shooting themselves in the foot with shit. Baseball is tricky too because it's like you could finally put them on Sunday night baseball and you go out there and Juan Soto gets walked four times because they don't want to yeah. pitch to him. Yeah, so it is a little trickier, but I they just come on. You can do you can do way more with these guys. They are superstars. Do you think that Soto's the cockiest hitter in all baseball? Like what he does is like antics in the batter's box. I think Tatis is. I think Tatis. I think Tatis has the most swag in all baseball. Yeah, Acuna is. I just yeah, I don't know. He's all three the of them. Yeah, yeah, they all three. Yeah, they all have it. Did you see the I, I, uh, clip of Acuna the other day when he hit a uh, batting practice over and he's like, yeah. I'm back, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that did awesome. he? That's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of story real quick, uh, your boy uh, Duran, you see he scored from second on a sack fly. Yeah, and then got to, ran right to triple A. Yeah. Well, I know. So I will say this. The guy, I think it was, I don't know who the, the center fielder was, was in no hurry Just, to get that ball. No, right? so, no. I, I saw I mean, that. The speed, uh, he looked fast, didn't he? He was freaking moving. All right, boys. You guys got anything else? Nah, I just love the outfielders, man. I, there's so many good ones. I'm excited. See what these guys these guys uh, produce this year. Super stacked position. We're uh, almost a week out from opening day. For sure. Stay close. Uh, Saturday. Hopefully, we're gonna try figuring something out. We're gonna record hopefully live at. Uh, at the Glenn household on Saturday, watching basketball. Uh, we'll get into catcher dynasty ranks a little bit. Probably not going to do too much into it because catcher is such a boring position. Uh, and we might we have we have a few other uh, little uh, things going on. We may uh, get into uh, on Saturday for you guys. So uh, other than that, you know, follow us on Twitter at Bad Dad Baseball on Instagram. Same thing, Bad Dad Baseball. If you have any questions about anything, you can hit us up at our uh, it's. Uh, our email account at baddadbaseball at gmail.com. And uh, excited for this guys. weekend, boys. Excited for see you, see you this weekend, boys. Yeah. Peace. See you, boys.